I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret, I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? sing song tonight. <laughs> I am, it's going great. Everything is fantastic. Fantastic. So today we are chatting about a not so meet cute by Megan Quinn. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? I did watch, I, I mean, I did read um, another, another Sherlock book that you're not going to remember the name of. I'm not going to remember the name of because it's got little words in it that I'm not going to remember. Let me see if I can help you. I forgot to look this up previously. What have we been watching? We've been watching um, more British TV shows. More British. TV we watched shows. murder shows because my dad's been out of town. Yes, there were murder shows. We watched a new murder show on Netflix that was pretty grisly. It's about yeah, this guy who went on a rampage. You read book three, The Hollow of Fear. Yes, it's not showing up on my Goodreads. Yes, book three, The Hollow of Fear. That's it. That's the one. It has the and of in it, and I'm not going to remember those words. <laughs> you think you'd remember hollow and fear, though. Yeah, I didn't really look at we the title. Have... I just really, okay, it's book three. I move on to this one. I didn't really pay attention to the name of the book. You and I are so different in that way. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, so we watched, we watched murder shows because that's what we do when Dad goes away because he doesn't like them, so... Yeah, for some reason he doesn't like looking at the dirty underbelly of our society, but Ellen and I are all over that trash. <laughs> we get into it. Um, there definitely is, I feel like I've read an article too about like what it is about true crime that tends to attract a lot more It definitely women. attracts more women than men. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like our form of horror movies, you know, it's like... Yeah. I mean, that was horrific, what was yeah. going on there yeah. in the 70s in Times Square. Yeah. Um, so on the flip side of that, we've been watching more British panel shows. Yeah, and we love them. Because that's like apparently all I want to watch when I get home now. Well, it's just our time filler. It's like, okay, we've got an hour. Yeah, let's throw on a whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's really all. I finished No Rest for the Wicked by Cressley Cole, and I started... Wicked Deeds on a Winter's Night Ooh. by Cressley Cole. There's no way in hell I would ever be able to keep all these titles straight. Oh, I see how it is. Okay, Mom. <laughs> no rest for the wicked and Wicked Deeds on a Winter's Night. Whatever. You're telling me you'd be better at that? Whatever. No, I would not be better at that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you're giving me a hard time. Um, yeah, so uh, that's what I'm in the middle of. I don't know that I love the narrator of these books. But he's fine. You know, it's, it is what it is. I also tune out a lot um, when I'm listening to them. So Is it as sexy as uh, more yeah. sexy? Yes, Less sexy. More. more. 
more sexy. Yeah. There was... I don't know if it's the the act of listening to it that makes it seem more so, too. But um, there there were scenes where I was like, oh, oh, okay. oh, oh, okay. Speaking of that, the book we read this okay, week. Okay, <laughs> well, let's get into it. Um, today, we are chatting about A Not-So-Meet-Cute by Megan Quinn. It is a standalone novel that came out this past November, but it definitely seems like it is primed to have some tie-ins. Yes. If you will. I mean, he's an attractive man with two attractive single brothers. What? And she's an attractive girl with an attractive sister. Yeah. We know where this oh, leads. Oh, you know what's going on here. We've read a book or two before. This is not our first rodeo. Okay, <laughs> um, so here is the uh, book back book back cover. Um, book. Oh, my gosh. Back cover description for this book. Sorry, I was trying to, like, a organize. A struggle bus there, huh? I was trying to organize my dog, so I was multitasking and it wasn't going well. Um, okay. How did you two meet? The quintessential question asked to every couple, and the answer is usually some bubbly, lovey-dovey tale of being struck in the bum. Bum. <laughs> bum. <laughs> being struck in the bum by Cupid's arrow. Okay, got it. Coming. <laughs> hard time with that. My meet cute, well, not so meet cute, is slightly different. I was trolling a wealthy neighborhood in Beverly Hills, searching for someone to take me as their bride. You know, to make my arch nemesis jealous, who consequently just fired me. He was stomping around the block like some sort of gorgeous, oh my gosh, gorgeous (laughs) ogre, mumbling about a business deal gone wrong and attempting to finagle his way out of it. And that's when we bumped into each other. There were no sparks, not even a hint of blossoming love. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> but next thing I knew, I was scarfing down free chips and, chips and guac. I am really on the struggle bus today. Listening to this man lay out all of his problems, which led to his big ask. He wanted me to be his Vivian Ward. You know, from Pretty Woman, minus the frisky behavior. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, they're going to compare themselves to Richard Gere and Julia Roberts because I've seen that movie multiple times and nothing here was going on in that book, in that movie. We're talking about living in a mansion, intimate double dates, and pretending we were head over heels in love and engaged. Can you imagine the absolute audacity? But people do crazy things when they're desperate and I reeked of desperation. So I struck up a deal. My one big mistake, though, big, huge, I accidentally fell for the incomparable Huxley Kane. Big. Huge. Big. Huge. I do, I do like that. That's nice. <laughs> um, okay, Mom. What did you think of A Not-So-Meet-Cute by Megan Quinn? Um, I'm going to give it a really like. I had some quibbles with it, which we will get into, I'm sure, as we go along. Yeah, we are going to get into those quibbles. Because I, I voiced them quite a bit while we were reading. Yes, and I share said quibbles um because most of my quibbles are in the first 50 percent of the book yeah i it's a like and pause and parts of it i think second half is a really like that's the thing once the story got moving yeah that gives you an indication of what problem i had at the um i've had i've read another megan quinn i've read another megan quinn's it's a duet that i read um and i so far, based on those three examples, 
Um, I just, for some reason, don't connect to her writing as well. I don't, it's nothing against it necessarily, I don't think, because I can't quite pinpoint what it is. Um, I think that's just, that's just the thing is like you, you find authors that click with you in a like sense of humor style and things like that. And, um, I just don't know that we are a match made in heaven. Um, (laughs) but I can definitely see why people like why she has a following. And I mean, she is prolific. She's, I mean, this book came out in November and she's got one that came out and then she's got another one coming out this month. So she, yeah, she's really she, pumping those books out. Yeah, she really is. So like power to her. Um, and part of my problem might be, it's another fake romance book. Yeah, we're going to talk about heck? that. <laughs> um, I had genuine LOLs. There's some good banter. It was hot. <laughs> Um, but there were some pacing issues and some mild gaslighting that bothered me that we're going to get into. Um, but anyway, also, yeah, we'll, we're going to get into it. What did you think of Lottie as our heroine? Um, I liked Lottie. I liked Lottie. I think she was, (sighs) I liked her. She kind of, I think, so the first half of this book, I kind of wish, (laughs) happened differently or whatever was, I don't know. Um, again, I can't quite pinpoint what wasn't Well, she working. wasn't my problem. I had some she problems wasn't, with other she things. She wasn't. She's a, she's a little, okay, keep in mind she's 28. Okay, and she's a little, here's my quibble with Lottie, is, okay, so she gets fired from her job at the beginning of the book. Yeah. And then the next day, she's lamenting to her sister. And she's like, I just need to go find a rich husband. And and obviously, she's just joking around. And so she goes and walks through the rich neighborhood, whatever. Um, And this is like her last... Who among us hasn't done that? Yeah, (laughs) seriously. And this is like her last ditch effort. And it's like, girlfriend, have you even applied for a job somewhere else? It's like you just got fired yesterday. You haven't even tried to look for another job Maybe it's possible well, that you could find a job. She was saying she couldn't find a job like a year ago when she, but you know, things change. Yeah. Try. And now she's got something on her resume. Well, my problem with her and like the whole career path thing is her naivete about how shit works in LA because, <laughs> or, or just the job market in general, because I know this is not solely an LA thing, but she really fights against him wanting to help her find a job or, yeah. you know, whatever. She's like, no, I want to do it on my own. No, I want to do it on my own. And I'm like, girl, that is how it's done is you make connections. And, and that's that- what he tells her too, which I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, he's like, we even had to use the money from my dad dying to start our business. I yeah. mean, you need a leg up now and then. Yeah. And, um, and you take you know, connections and networking opportunities when they come to you, no matter how weird they come to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know that that's just an LA thing. I think that's an anywhere It's not, but job thing, especially but. LA. I mean, like I, I'm thinking, I guess more film industry, but I mean, like film industry, you literally have to know someone in order to like get a good. And you had a very uh, tenuous, very tenuous <laughs> connection, but it was what got you in the door. So, yeah. um, my connection was my grandfather's new wife's neighbor's daughter <laughs> was a casting director. Yeah. 
<laughs> so and that's like that's the kind of shit you have to like and ellen had made a connection with her they talked before yeah and that's the name she got to throw around when she started applying for jobs and that's how she got hired mm-hmm. yep um anyway so and i recognize but yeah like especially in today's like career field that's yeah. You just have to do that. So I was just like, girl, stop being so stubborn and I want weird. to do it on my own. And that happens a lot in books. In yeah, these books. it does. Like, I don't want you to help me. I want to do it on my own. It's like, why don't you want help from and I wherever think it, you can get it? It comes from a good place. It comes from, like, I think these authors wanting to make, like, feminist heroines who aren't being, like, helped by the hero and by the man and things like that. And I get that, but... Well, and know. he even offered... <laughs> He says, you don't have to work for my company, but I know a lot of people. I can just, you know, put your name out there and, and give you a recommendation. It doesn't have to be, like, come and work for me. Yeah. Um, but she works under him. She... <laughs> yeah, she does. And over him. I know. And, and in front of him. And... Yeah. <laughs> and Bent along, over in front of him. Alongside him. And, yeah. They find all sorts of positions. Um. She had sass for days, which I appreciated. Sometimes it made her a bit, like, flighty. I don't if that's the correct word. Um, in the beginning. Yeah, there were some immature aspects. Yeah, that's the thing is I had to keep, like, reminding myself she's 28. And she was acting kind of immature for 28. The whole, like, I get, like, wanting to stick it to Angela. Was that her name? Yeah. Um, like, big mistake, huge. I, I get like that moment, but her fixation on having that moment throughout the whole book seemed a little immature to me personally. Yeah. It would have been um, cool if she just kind of walked away from the whole situation. And was just like, you know what? Screw you. I don't, yeah. which I guess she sort of does. I but... thought it was going to turn out that Angela is the one that told Ellie that they were faking. I did too. Spoiler alert. Um, but I actually like how it happened better. Yeah. I did which too. Which we're going to talk about that. Okay. Um, um, she has, uh, Lottie has great musical taste. <laughs> yes. Great musical taste and great Chipotle order, which yeah. is weirdly exactly like yeah, mine. It's, li- it's exactly like mom's. When, yeah. When mom's eating well and not getting burritos. Yeah. Well, I just had Chipotle the other day and that's what I ordered. Yeah. There you go. Because my eating well kind of comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. Including, you guys, if you have not, like, gotten on the Chipotle chips and Oh my like, gosh. Not even, like, because we're not guac people. Speaking of other things in this book that come up, yeah. we are both Californians who don't like guacamole. Yeah, or tomatoes. Because that's, <laughs> that's a thing that she talks we're about. We're from California, we don't like guacamole. We're from Sacramento, and we don't like tomatoes. So yeah, all those things are... We're really yeah. um, against the green. But... Um, we might as well move to Iowa. Yeah. What oh. was... Oh, Chipotle. If you're not on the Chipotle's chips train... Oh, my gosh. They they're are... like crack. Yeah, they are like crack. That um, little hint of lime and yeah. the salt. Sometimes they're a little too greasy. I like them when they're, like, hot and crisp and oof, yeah. oof, oof. Yeah, they're really good. Um, no salsa, no nothing on them. Yeah, just even the just chips. plain, they're just so good. Anyway. Um, and also, if you get a bowl, get the fajita vegetables on that bowl because that makes the difference. Yeah. Just throwing out my... <laughs> Advice from Julie. <laughs> Write that down. Regarding you guys should book. always listen to this with a notepad and pencil. Because I have words of wisdom to impart all the time. You okay. never know when it's going to come you up. You never know. Um, okay, what did you think of Huxley as our hero? Huxley was a huge dick in the beginning. But they always are. And especially in these um, 
these fake romance books. They're always a huge dick. And then yeah. they, you know, they come around and that's their journey through the book. However, here's my thing. Here was my problem with Huxley is like he kept going on and about how this is a business arrangement. We signed a contract. She's, you know, she's like an employee. She, we're, we're partners in this. She's, it's just a business arrangement. But the people who worked for him, he was kind and said thank you to them and mm-hmm. like complimented them on what their work. And he was just a total douchebag to her. He would, yeah. he just wouldn't, he would like, I mean, ghost like her his thing and be sitting next to her. Is that he's <laughs> he's being a dick to her because he just can't get too close, you know, and like Whatever. that whole thing. But I there's know. no reason to be an a hole. I mean, yeah, you can like not get close, but still not be an a hole. Yeah, he really was. Um, sometimes he redeemed himself. I told mom at one point, I'm like, she kind of has a low bar because for like what she needs out of a man because he would be like vaguely nice to her and she'd be like, this is the, this is the Huxley I love. And I'm like, he like sort of was nice to you for like one second. I don't know. The $30,000 student loan debt. That's pretty pretty huge. (laughs) Yeah, that is. That would make up for a lot of a-wholeness. Yeah, that's true. Um... So, I guess my problem, like, one of maybe my problems with this book is I didn't love either of them. Like, usually, if I'm going to have an asshole hero, I need a heroine that's, like, really fun and and I'm totally on her side or whatever. But I wasn't loving either of them. And I think especially in the beginning, which is part of the problem why the first half was kind of a slog for both of us, I think. Um, and until they start banging, I kind of wasn't buying why they liked each other. Well, and here's my problem with that. Then when they start banging, they start liking each other. And then I, I always, it always bothers me when it's like, do you only like her because you know, she's a good life? Yeah. Because she, you know, got off on your fingers. So now it's like, okay, <laughs> she tastes like peaches or whatever. <laughs> Can't even remember. Not again. It was honey. Yeah. <laughs> Peaches like, was dark lover. <laughs> dark, dark lover. lover. <laughs> um, you know, because she tastes like honey. Now all of a sudden, like, oh man, I can't be without her. I think about I'm her all the time. Addicted to her body. Yeah. It's like that's just not a reason to fall in love with someone, and that just seems to be the. I don't know. I I don't love that aspect of any of these books. So, yeah. um, they also became kind of super horny out of nowhere. Did you feel like that? Like, because I was like, oh, this book is pretty tame. And because usually you get, like, kind of a hint that they're about to go crazy on each other. Ellen, she had amazing tits. (laughs) Because that came up numerous times. (laughs) Da-doy! They weren't just good. (laughs) They were amazing. Amazing. And her eyes were good, too. But her tits. Yeah. Uh, All about the tits. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like, I just, usually there's like, I don't know, maybe I'm... Did I mention the amazing tits? Yeah. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay, mom. Fake dating! Gosh dang, these authors! (laughs) You guys, I seriously am vetting each book that is going to be on the next list, and if I even get a whiff (laughs) of fake dating, it is X. Well, and the problem with reading so many in a row is that you start comparing the fake dating trope and that's not fair to the to, book side to feel. any book yeah um it was okay here it was it's better than some of the others yeah because they don't like 
fixate on it so much. There's like a moment towards the end where she's like, oh, but what's going to happen now that we're really dating? Like, he's going to want me to move out. But, like, he puts a kibosh on that, like, yeah. pretty quick. And pretty much a lot of... I have to give kudos to this book in that a lot of things that bug me sometimes in other books, they quickly... Even though they happen, they quick, yes. quickly fix I it. I was going to... Yeah. We're going to talk some more about that with conflict. But there's, there's a couple instances where I was like, uh, 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 uh. But then they, like, yeah, kind so. of take care <laughs> of it pretty quickly. There's not a... There's communication problems, but not ones that last for too yeah. long. Um, and I see why she got pissed at the end. So I was behind that. And, mm-hmm. and yes, I think too. a lot of his thing was he just didn't know how to interact in a relationship very well. And I mm-hmm. think that's what why he screwed that up. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we will. But um, so it was it didn't bother me. As much here, because it didn't necessarily always totally feel fake dating, even though that's, like, a big thing of the book. Um, Honestly, what bugged me more in this book, premise-wise, was fake pregnancy. Yes. That was huge and weird and off-putting. And why would you say that? Yeah. And you can have a fiance and just say, oh, she's not pregnant, but we're really looking forward to getting there. We really want to be where you guys are. I mean, that could be relatable. You don't have to say, oh, yeah, she's pregnant, too. Yeah. Because that seems really hard to fake. And, like, dodgy and just, like, I mean, I was so worried. I'm glad it didn't get to this point, but I was so worried they were going to have to, like, Oh, she lost the mis- baby. Fake yeah. a miscarriage or something. And I was just like, and, and she even brings out, she says, I can't fake a miscarriage at this point. That would be horrible. Yeah. Um, so I was really worried it was going to get to that point. Luckily, it did not. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah, we're going to have to talk about the, like, reveal at the end. But um, we'll get there. But, yeah, you guys, I, I just need a break from fake dating. Yeah, seriously. Like, seriously, we need to look at how many... It's, of our books. There's been at least 10 in the last... I mean, seriously, I think that's... I mean, I think, like, 75%... In the last six months, I would say we've read at least 10. Of, yeah. I, I mean, like, honestly, it feels like 75% of the books that we've read over the past two reading cycles have been fake dating. Oh, yeah. And it's just getting old, really. Because yeah. it's usually a trope I like, and yeah. I'm just getting so tired of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the aforementioned gaslighting. Now this is interesting because I was reading some of the comments and some people seem to like take more issue with her in this instance, but not at all. What we're referring to, I even kept saying to Ellen, are you to this part yet? Are you to this part yet? Cause I got things to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, we're referring to the scene where at one point, um, her and her sister are kind of quickly scrammed. Like she has just started working for her sister. Like that day. And they have a meeting with a big client. And sh- she knows they have a meeting with a big client. So they're hustling to get ready for this last minute big meeting with a client. She shows up with her sister to this meeting and realizes is, it is with Huxley. And by the way, I really don't like that name. I don't like it. Kept making and I don't me like think, Breaker. It kept making me think I don't know of, what JP is short for, but I'm not a fan of Breaker and Huxley. Wasn't, wasn't Huxley the name of the Cosby family? No, Huxtables. Okay, that's, um, that's just where I kept thinking. If there's anyone out here who has a child named Huxley or Breaker, sorry. They're beautiful names. Beautiful names. Oh, <laughs> <Not> really? <laughs> but, and I, you know, I'm sure it's got sentimental meaning to you, and I'm sorry, but I don't love it for... I don't like it either. It's also, like, 
Yeah. Anyway. Um, but anyway, she shows up to this meeting and it's Huxley and his brothers. But she doesn't know his brothers. But she's never met his brothers and she is not yet aware if her his brothers are in on the fake arrangement that they have. Or even if these are his brothers. So she just thinks they're people who work with him. And so she's not sure, is this, how do I supposed to act in this situation? Yeah. And so they show up. It's actually, it was kind of funny when it first started. I was like, oh, this is kind of humorous because she's super awkwardly like, am I? honey. (laughs) Like patting him on, kissing him on the head. Yeah. She was not sure how to play it because she didn't know if they were faking being in love with each other or whatever. And so she's kind of like, kind of like, awkwardly pretending like they're engaged. And then her sister is mortified. He is mortified for her. He's saying... Well, then he kicks everyone out of the room and he wants to talk to her alone. Yep. And tells her, like, I can't believe you would be so unprofessional. I can't believe you'd blow this for your sister. This is... you, You should always enter a business meeting knowing who you're meeting with. You have done your research. You should have done your research. And he just goes on off on her. He, well, he goes off on her, and then her sister goes off on her. And this is where I'm saying she was gaslighted, because... Someone should have said, we have an appointment meeting, and it's with Huxley and his brothers. And by the way, his brothers know that you guys yeah. are faking well, it. Well, even if her sister had just said it's with Huxley, she could have texted Huxley and said, who's going to be there? How do I need to act? I mean, she could have yeah. at least prepared that way for the meeting. Yeah. For them to all go off on her, like everything was her fault, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, yes. Maybe at some point she should have been like, hey, Kelsey, who's this meeting with, by the way? But she didn't. Fair enough. But also, why is, like, that onus on her? Yeah. You know? And, um... Now, it could... and. It- may have been alluded to but was not made clear i think maybe huxley thought that kelsey would tell her and kelsey thought that huxley had told her possibly that's the thing but that's never made clear in the in well the book. and if that's the case they should realize like they should both realize that be like oh i thought kelsey would have told you or oh i thought huxley would have told you my bad yeah. i should have told you and I don't know. It was it was so... And they just, like, made her feel like shit. I mean, she literally, like, had a breakdown of some sort. Where yeah. she was just, like, hollowed out and was so depressed. and Yeah. And I was like, you guys are being real, like, jerks to her about this. And, and like I said, she has known about this meeting for, like, what seemed in the book two hours or something like yeah. that. It was, like, two or three hours. It wasn't yeah. very much time. And so... I don't know. It just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And the fact that it was, like, this big deal that, like, we're supposed to be, like, oh, I can't believe she would handle herself like that. And it's, like, whatever. Like, that seems like it's totally on you guys. And it seems totally shitty that you're, like, piling on her about it like that. I thought for sure, because when the scene is happening, I was, like, oh, this is funny. (laughs) Like, this is a funny scene. And you would think, like, Huxley and her sister especially would both be like, oh my gosh, she's just making an ass of herself. And it turns out that everyone in the room knew she would. So at some point, why couldn't he just break and say, you know what? These are my brothers. They know. You can act normal. Yeah. You know? No. Everyone was just a total bitch to her. And I was just like, ugh. Yeah. It was weird. I I just did not like that scene. I mean, if anything, I liked that it kind of like 
helped her get her head out of her ass about, like, the whole job thing a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, it was just, it was weird and and off-putting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything besides the conflict that you want to talk about before we get to the conflict? Well, there's a lot of things revolved. So let's, okay, so let's talk about the conflict. So the conflict is that um, they've been faking this... Um, Marriage and, or fiance and engagement, engagement and, and pregnancy, pregnancy for the whole book with this specific couple that he's trying to, he's trying to make a business deal with the guy, which, um, and they have a lot of like awkward moments. They go to this like really weird. Speaking of which, by the way, what is up with freaking LA and their weird Lamas and baby classes and breast pump things? All that was Freakish. Okay, but it's all pretty real, I think. I'm sure it's real. <laughs> and if you're into that, I'm sorry, we can't be friends. <laughs> you are always making really, like, polarizing blanket statements. Whatever. With the I'm joking. We can be friends, but I don't want to go shopping for baby stuff with you. <laughs> um, I So they have all these kind of, like, weird uh, encounters with Dave and Ellie, or is the other couple. And then at one point... Um, Huxley finds out that Dave is apparently aware that they have been faking it and he's starting to tell other people in the business, which by the way, it's never super clear what the hell Huxley does, but something well, he with, works in real estate, something with real something, estate. I'm assuming he's like a developer of some yeah. kind. Anyway. Um, and so he's, he gets all like his brothers and him are like, well, Dave found out from Ellie. So Ellie must have heard something from Lottie. Lottie must have said something to Ellie about how it was fake. You know, there's been a lot of times where she's been pissed off at you. Maybe in one of those times she told Lottie that it was all bullshit. And so he gets all pissed off and storms over and is like, what'd you say to Ellie? What'd you say to Ellie? <laughs> how could you? Ba 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 ba. And she's like, how could you, sir? Like, yeah. you you would just jump to the conclusion that it must be me when I've never done anything to like, I have stuck by this thing for the whole time, even when you've been a freaking asshole to me. Cause he totally could have walked in the house and said, Dave and Ellie, no, how could they have possibly found out? Yeah. Let's see. Let's go back over what our interactions with them and see if we can figure out how they found Cause out. Cause by the way, this is their like, now, um, dating hardcore. Like she's they, about to tell him she's in love with him. Yeah. And, um, and so it's not like this is on, they're in like in some tenter hooks about their relationship or whatever at this point. No, they're, they're into each other. Yeah. And so, um, so she gets pissed off. Rightfully so. Yeah. I was behind in, her a hundred percent. Yeah. In, Cause he did not handle that well. No, he did not. And, um, you know, I, I, to his credit, he pretty quickly in he the immediately. moment. Yeah. Like realizes like. <laughs> and, um, and starts to backpedal pretty, pretty hardcore yeah. and, um, starts like apologizing straight away. But and I was talk about this. I'm sorry. But sorry. I was totally on her side with like, you know what? I need some freaking space. Yeah. Like leave me alone for a minute. And you know, I was behind I'm, her 100%. I'm pissed off at you because how dare you, you know, jump because he did like immediately jumped down her throat and so much so that it kind of seemed unrealistic and not in a sexy way no <laughs> which he does that later he does that, he does that, that earlier at other points in the book um <clears throat> but he um 
it, in some ways it seemed somewhat unrealistic because it seems like at some point in the drive from work to their well, house. When his, his brothers first bring it up that it was Lottie. He's like, no, no way. No, there won't, no way not Lottie would get there. Like, well, we have to at least ask her. That's really kind of the only way their conversation went. We at least yeah. need to find out. Yeah. And um, so he storms in the house and she's like, what did you say to Ellie? How did you, what, you know, it's yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I definitely, I know that people like fly off the handle pretty like that, but I, me personally, like, there's a lot of times where I, like, instant, instantly I'm like, oh, and I get all pissed off, but then in preparing for a conversation like that, I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, I at least need to approach it this way. Well, like she said, you didn't just ask me, you accused me. Yeah. And that's exactly, she was exactly right. Yeah. And, but also, again, her sister, like, when she goes to her sister's house, her sister's like, well, but like, you know, from his point of view. And I'm like, shut up, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm like, no, she's right to be pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Kelsey does like, no, you're right. And I'm like, but even her bringing it up, I was like. Mm. Well, all along, her sister's been pushing the whole house. I think her sister just wants a rich guy in the family. Yeah. Her sister's like. I think her sister's going to get her own rich guy. So. Ooh, I do too. But her sister also is like, you know, we got deals going with this guy. So <laughs> yeah. let's not. Can we not mess this up? <laughs> I'm sure he's good. I'm sure he didn't mean it. <laughs> I've got a million dollar deal going on here. Um, but uh, I don't know. He, so she totally justified in, but like I said, to his credit, like backpedals pretty quickly and realizes that he needs to like big time. And it's only for grovel. one night. The next day yeah. he, he, he shows up and he's like, he grand I, gestures her. I wanted, well, and I really like that he comes the, the morning and he says, I'm going into work. I'm meeting with Dave, but I wanted to talk to you first and just like, see if you're, see if we can get together tonight for dinner so we can talk and about it. And he brings her like, a bag with her overnight clothes and stuff in it, which yeah. was really sweet. Yeah. Moxley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you and your stupid name. Um, <laughs> But, uh, so I, I mean, cause for as much, we haven't even talked about like pacing wise in the first half, it was kind of a slog it and was, it was kind of it was slow drag. and, and it was, it was very much like a day in the life more than yeah. just give me the highlights. I don't need every little There's thing she does. A lot of unnecessary uh, details, yeah. which I understand because there's a lot of times in my writing where I'm like. They don't need to know all this. Like, yeah. in my brain, I'm I'm working it all out, but the reader doesn't need to know what happened between, you know, this scene and this scene. Um, but, uh, so, the first half is a slog. But I would say, like, it picks up... Uh, around 50%. Yeah, around 50%. And, um... So, where was I going with that? Um... Anyway, so I thought it, it had, I had a hard time, it had a hard time keeping my interest in the beginning, through a lot of the beginning. Yes, for sure. Um, to the point where I was like, okay, let's get on with the story already. And then here's the other thing that I'll say. Um, there's a lot of those scenes where they're at the Lamaze class, which is not really a Lamaze class. It's very off-putting. And then <laughs> they're at the like nursing store and all these things, and I'm like, this is a little, like, over the top. It's a little, hold on, it's a little, 
like I was kind of like, uh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. This is not like my sense of humor at all. But it's sort of redeemed by the fact that you find out that Dave and Ellie were trying they, to make they it. They knew they were faking and they were messing with them. Yeah. And so I don't know how I feel about that because like I respect, I respect, I respect the play. I respect the game. But, um, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, when, when I was reading through it, I was like, because I was, Ellen was saying she thought that Dave and Ellie probably had their own book at some point, And I said, I don't know. They get kind of weird. Yeah. I, I don't know that they would have a book. Well, because, um, you know, you're like, I don't know. And I'm, but I'm like, they, they're very nice people. And like, they're even because. And they're both and good was, looking. They both describe them. Well, as and that was the other thing is that kind of would piss me off about Lottie and Huxley was that they're always like, I don't, she's like, I don't want to, you know, she, all she wants to talk about is recipes. And I'm like, Hey, just cause that's what she's into. Like, don't knock her. Like yeah. she's being very nice and welcoming to you guys. And you guys are kind of being dicks by lying to them. And the other thing too, is when he found out how Dave and Ellie figured out that they were fake, it was really his fault. Yeah. Cause they talked about how robotic he was and how, you know, cause she was, uh, Lottie was really kind of putting a lot of effort into the touching and the, you know, yeah. trying to make it look real. And he was the one that was kind of a well, stick in the mud. Apparently it's because he just wanted her, her, he liked her tits so much that she it had was, amazing tits. <laughs> it was hard for him. Um, uh. <laughs> but, uh, so it really turned out it was his fault after he went through all that with her. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Yeah. Screw you. Yeah. Huxley uh, and your weird name. <laughs> but. So I I really didn't see the like Dave and Ellie were playing them the whole time thing coming. So I like I kind of respected that, but also I was like, but why did I have to like read all those stupid scenes? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of where I fell on that. Um but they are funnier in retrospect now that I know it was them messing with them. Yeah. Um And yeah, I was always just kind of and like especially cuz Dave turned out to be like so cool about everything I was like you guys have been kind of jerks to them the whole book and yeah. like talking about how lame they are and kind of weird how they Stepford are. wife she is yeah and it's like yeah and people know. are just that way yeah and that's like their priorities you don't have to be a jerk about it yeah um yeah because I am kind of a Stepford wife myself yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> the perfect wife yeah um <laughs> but yeah like so as far as conflict I was I was really actually very, like, on board with how everything took place. And I was like, okay, this is actually, like, there's healthy dialogue and there's... Um, I would say I wasn't really... I wasn't even getting the book I really like until I started getting towards the end and, this, and the story started. And then I liked the way the conflict played out. I liked... There was a lot of stuff towards the end that I really liked. I didn't like her comeuppance with Angela as much, but yeah. in the epilogue. Yeah. But um, I would have liked it for her to have been more... Like, above it. Yeah. And just, just like, it doesn't matter to me anymore, because whatever. Maybe showed up at the reunion and just, you know, had Angela say something catty to her and just like, you know what? I came here because I wanted to say X, Y, Z to you, but it's just not worth it. Let's yeah. go, honey. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. Oh, boy. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is one of those, gosh dang, and we were reading it together in the same room at the same time again. Yeah. We got to stop doing that. <laughs> Um, this one was... This one! I haven't I mean, read a book this saucy in a long time. I would say this, this was even worse than the... Uh, this might Kelsey be... Kelsey Cole. Yeah. Presley Cole. This might be the sauciest book you've read. Maybe? It's yeah. at least, like, up there. There was no butt stuff. 
There was no butt stuff, but there was a lot of dildos and... There was a lot of stuff going on. I, I can't even... A lot of it was... I don't... I can't even picture the twister type <laughs> gyrations going on at this point. I mean, they are dirty birdies, as, as, as I kept saying, and... I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but he's got a dirty mouth. Yeah, so does she. Yeah, that's true, but I was more paying attention to his, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm glad that her that she's a fictional character, because her mother would be appalled. <laughs> okay, Mom. Um, <laughs> if her mom was reading this book. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've got Plane, which, by the way, as I told Mom, as soon as they start off on that private jet, I was like, they're going to have sex in that private jet. Yeah, but then that's the point where you got ahead of me and you're like, see, they're having sex. And I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they are. And you're like, oh, you got ahead of me. <laughs> um, so private jet, pool, uh, kitchen. sex in the pool. They don't, but, you know. It's hard to have sex in a pool. There's a lot I of. I think we've had this discussion before. There's, <laughs> we haven't. I don't want to get into it again. Um, there's a lot of. Uh, Against wall stuff. There's a lot of against wall stuff. There's a lot of bent over table stuff. Well, they talk about all the different surfaces that they've had. To yep. And there's on. shower stuff. That Dil- lots of dildo stuff. There's yeah. I'm gonna say that that was probably the steamiest. That was the the shower one yeah. where he was watching that's, her for a while. That's the one where I was cocking my head, thinking, <laughs> now what? Where's what? <laughs> Don't think about it too much, Mom, because I don't want to... You know I don't. <laughs> um, but I, I would say, like, her whole sex kitten persona that, like, really came out of... It seemed to, like, come out of nowhere. Um, just when she's, like, traipsing around naked all over the place yeah. and... Well, she's kind of this frumpy little 28-year-old, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like... <laughs> I'm in this sexy room. I have nothing on underneath. That was also pretty odd if I'm um, And amazing tits. Yeah. No, lest we forget. <laughs> Perfect handful. <laughs> Just less than a handful. Just less than a handful. I'm in trouble because mine are. <laughs> you need like two hands. Two hands. <laughs> two handers. Damn I. Come on. Um, okay. What was your swooniest moment? Well. It has to be the Fleetwood Mac concert. Yeah, that's what I was about to. But, um, but also he's like very sweet during that. And like I really liked prior to the concert where he's just like, hey, I really like you. And she's like, oh, I really like you too. And then like they got to enjoy their actual get to make date. out until Fleetwood Mac comes out on the stage. And, um, and I did like when he asked her and she's like, you mean like a date? And he says, yeah, like a date. And I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. That was my sweetest moment. I mean, yeah, like if any... Fleetwood Mac concert. If any rich billionaire wants to fly me on a private jet to go see Fleetwood Mac, like, yes, please. Um, Ellen had to listen. She ran errands today and had to listen to Fleetwood Mac yeah. the whole time she was gone. <laughs> um, okay. That's enough about what we think about this book. Um, let's hear from the listeners. And I'm going to say, definitely our most like polarizing book we've had in a while on the listener front. So... Buckle up. Um, Teresa emailed in and said, I don't dislike a book very often. Mostly it's a meh for me if I don't enjoy it. But a not-so-meet-cute was a near hate for me. Wow. I did not like the heroine at all. And frankly, 
embarrassed for her most of the time. I had to keep reminding myself that this was a woman in her late 20s who had a business degree. Yeah, that was the other thing that I never understood was it's like, especially with the whole not wanting to make, I'm like, girl, you have a business degree. You should know how this, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, go get an effing job and stop whining about needing this rich husband. Yeah. Um, she continues, Teresa continues, I was utterly confused as to why a woman with an advanced degree thought walking around her neighborhood looking for her rich husband would solve her jobless and debt problems. Then when she and, uh, Huxley enter into a professional contract, contract, she spends the entire fake engagement behaving completely unprofessionally. The chapter where she and her sister are making their first business presentation was horrifyingly cringy, yet was a good summary of Lottie's personality. So that's obviously where Teresa and us disagree, but we've made our, we've stated our opinions on that. When first discussing this professional arrangement, Lottie insists that there will be no hanky-panky whatsoever, but then gets hurt and angry at Huxley for not laying a hand on her. After one night, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it was like the first night that she was there. Yeah. She also thinks he's cold and uptight when, for anyone anyone outside outside looking in, he seems to just be acting professionally. I really didn't understand Lottie at all. I found her to be a terrible heroine and thought... Kelsey should have been the heroine in the story. She appear, appeared to be one of the few sane characters in this book, for the most part. She definitely mm. seemed more mature than, yeah. than Lottie. I kept thinking she was the older sister because... She was not. Yeah. But they're only a year apart or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was like... Because the, they were Irish twins, twins so... Which means they're within 12 months. Apart. Yeah. Um, I was also confused by Huxley and Lottie's sexual relationship. Huxley swears up and down that he would never touch her, yet all they do when not bickering is have sex with each other. Very true. Very true. The enemies to lovers trope isn't my favorite, so maybe it's just me and I missed something in the story. Aside from the two main characters, I found the moments Huxley and Lottie had with Dave and Ellie to be completely over the top and ridiculous. As readers, we find out later, Dave and Ellie knew all along about the fake engagement and pregnancy, which explains why the experiences are over the top, but even so... I felt like I was reading a very poorly written and predictable sitcom about caricature Los Angelinos. And I kind of agree with that. This is my first experience with Megan Quinn, and looking over the rest of her work, I sense that her primary genre is new adult romance. I think after this experience, I have to say that perhaps new adult is not my cup of tea. But this is not new adult. I would not say this is new adult. And I've read other books by her, and they're not new adult. Yeah. Um, I think the one I read was new adult-ish. If I remember correctly. Um, I don't disagree with anything you said, Teresa. I think it obviously hits you stronger than me, but, um, that's kind of what I was getting at with some of my comments as well. Uh, Savannah said this had me laughing and crying. I loved every minute of it. So obviously a difference of opinion. (laughs) Um, Jessica says I love everything Megan writes. She's an auto buy for me. So, there's that opinion as well. (laughs) And it's like I said, it's, I think when you find, like, the voice that you like in an author, it's someone who works for you, and that voice is not going to work for everybody. I'm sure there's authors we love that other people read, and like, I don't get it. I don't get why Julian Allen loved this so much. Yeah. Like, you know, I know there's people that don't get the Penny Reed train as much as, I don't get that. I don't get not liking the Penny Reed train, but. Or Sally Thorne, or. Yeah. Or Kennedy Ryan, or, I mean, yeah. like, those are people who were just automatically, like... Yeah. Love it, love it, love it, yeah. love it. Um, 
Kayla says, I surprisingly really loved this one. Sometimes spicy rom-coms that I find on Kendall Unlimited are a little cringe for me, but I genuinely enjoyed this one. There were so many swoony moments, especially when Huxley called the lawn committee to check out Jeff's lawn. That was kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, and the I, fact that he did it like early on when they were still at each other. Yeah. <clears throat> the lo- I love the way it was obvious throughout the book how much he listened to the words she was saying before they even liked each other's company. If I had to choose a complaint, I thought it was very weird that Huxley woke up to her having sex with him without his knowledge. That is actually a bit cringe, but otherwise loved it. Yeah, that's a bit... She probably just knew he'd be into it. I mean, if, if, you, if you know someone as well as they seem to have known each other, at least sexually. Know, that's, you know, that's kind of questionable these days. I don't know. Um, Julia says, I just finished. I loved it so much. I don't think I have ever laughed so hard while reading. This was my first Megan Quinn book, and now I can't wait to read her whole backlist. The scene in the office during the first pitch meeting when Lottie didn't know how to act had me crying laughing. Yeah, I thought it was funny too Uh until I, like I said, it kind of got ruined. Uh, Her jumping on Huxley and acting like a complete lunatic was hilarious. I loved the brothers' reactions. Um, Yeah, I will say there's there's moments in this book where, like, legit LOL. There's a couple moments that are are really funny. Um, But, yeah. Catherine, this was a DNF for me, <laughs> but I have to we give... Can, it's not just a polar... It's like swinging... The pendulum swinging from yeah. one to the other. Yeah. Um, Catherine says... Uh, continues, but I have to give a shout out to Katrina for recommending that I read... Things We Never Get Over by Lucy Score instead. Things We Never Get Over was the right book at the right time for me, so I really appreciate the recommendation. I was bummed I wasn't able to power through Not So Meet Cute, so it was really nice to have a backup book ready to go. I have that one on my TBR, because I love Lucy Score books, especially lately. She's been, like, hitting on all cylinders. Killing it. Um, Aida says, I read this when it came out. I loved it uh, as it was what I needed then. Megan Quinn is always entertaining and a good escape. I could definitely, she's very, like... I don't know, like, I say, I don't say this as a dig, but, like, very middle of the lane, like, rom-com. Like, she is very just straight rom-com, not women's fiction or anything like that. It's, um, so if that's, like, I mean, definitely give her a go if that's, like, your, your thing, but, um, Laura says this was a classic Megan Quinn rom-com. Perfect. Um, I didn't love the fake pregnancy plot, but I'm glad it was found out the way it was and not faking a trauma. Agreed. Agreed. Really worried about that. Um, The cringeworthy situations only made me laugh harder. The birthing classes were chef's kiss. My one critique is that some of the sexy scenes scenes seemed out of character slash context for the scenes. Agreed. As if the author realized she should have set have something there and added it even if it may have not fit well overall i love a megan quinn read and hey what's one more fake dating book wink (laughs) (laughs) um rachel says this was more fun than swoony for me there were scenes where i was literally laughing out loud and i always love books with good sister relationships i did like when like her and kelsey made up and i felt that was like very genuine sibling you know like yes disagreement and handling of it (laughs) Um, Lisa says, I love her books. This one was just fun and uncomplicated. Much needed. Even though the scenarios they found themselves in were wild. The birthing classes, the dinner, etc. Um, Cassie. Swinging the pendulum. (laughs) 
I'm hoping I'm not just a curmudgeon, but there were a lot of things about this book that didn't work for me. I didn't like either main character for most of the book. I don't enjoy billionaires or babies slash pregnancies and romances, and this book had both. The fake pregnancy was a bad choice made by the author, in my opinion. I would agree with that. I'd agree, too. When the majority of romance readers are women who read to escape reality, and so many women struggle with infertility and pregnancy loss, it just seemed like a poor choice to me. And and not necessary. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of... She wanted to do the, the like, Lamaze class. and But there are ways to, like, have awkward situations. Especially in L.A. Well, yeah. And it's, like, do couples counseling or, you know, like, you could have that Lamaze sexual therapy. Or a couples retreat kind of thing. or Yeah. Yeah. And not have it be pregnancy related. I don't know. Um... I did, uh, Cassie, I did appreciate the way it was resolved and the fact that Lottie openly told Huxley that it was a terrible idea. Yes. But I didn't love that it existed in the first place, referring to the pregnancy plotline. It also served as a catalyst for parts of the story I disliked the most. All the -the over-the-top birthing classes and baby shops that they visited, some of that stuff that happened in those scenes read like body horror from a horror novel. I say this as someone who has given birth and raised little kids. Those scenes were a bit much and so gross. Well, that that baby, that infant class they went to was just ridiculous. Yeah. I would have thrown the doll too, and I've had three children who have barfed on me. Yeah. And pooped on me. Yeah. And I still, if if I picked up a fake baby that did that, I would chuck it. Did I poop on you? You pooped on me a lot. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if you threw up on me, but Dylan threw up on me multiple times. Yeah, I remember Dylan throwing up. You were a spitter-upper. You were a spit-up baby. You okay. were a spitter-upper. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of spit-up. There was a lot of stuff spewing out of your mouth. <laughs> it's like an exorcist baby. It was. Um, okay. Cassie continues. The few things that did work for me in this story were the sibling sibling relationships between Lottie and her sister and Huxley and his brothers, as well as the groveling at the end of the book. Yes. Lottie made Huxley work to win her back, and I appreciated it because his immediate lack of trust in her was annoying, so I enjoyed seeing her rake him over the coals a little bit. Also, one last tidbit. When Huxley referred to himself as a businessman, I cracked up. I don't think it was the author's intention, but it reminded me of how I would describe my ja- my dad's job when I was a kid, simply because I didn't understand what my dad did at work. I'm still not sure what Huxley did as a quote-unquote businessman to earn his billions. This could have been my fault because I probably mentally checked out while listening to this audiobook, so my comprehension may have been impacted. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, really. This would be a hard one to listen to just because it was hard for me to read through the whole beginning part. But um, they said he was in real estate. I don't know what that is that's why i'm guessing he was a developer of some sort yeah and it was commercial real estate yeah and nobody like. likes those guys i don't understand yeah. especially ones that have made billions because they've usually probably i used to work them. with those guys on yeah, <laughs> they probably not. raped the neighborhood somehow and yeah uh like-minded Lori, she says unpopular opinion alert might just lose my like-minded status this status this week uh-oh Lori. Spoiler alert, I've read your comment and you don't. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a rom-com junkie, so I really want to love Megan Quinn's books, but I've yet to read one that 100% lands as a love for me. So far, so good, Lori. She writes funny well, and her steamy scenes are always fire. Yeah, I will give that. Yeah. I mean, for as maybe not like in character or in context as I thought that they were, much like Cassie, um, 
they, they were pretty hot. I'm going to give her that. I will say, I know I've read at least one Megan Quinn, maybe two, but the one I'm thinking of, there was a lot of potty humor. Like, yeah. I got tired of the potty humor. So, and I could kind of see some of that coming up in the whole breast Mama, pumps that squirt the, yeah. milk and the, uh, you know, the baby pooping all over everything. Yeah. So it was like, okay. Yeah. Um, Lori continues, but there's just something that keeps me from connecting with her characters. As for this book, I liked it just fine. There was humor and sweetness, but there was a lot of frustrating sameness too. Huxley's efforts to keep his walls in place and Lottie's frustration with his distance just seemed to go on for a long time. Yes. <laughs> That's that beginning. 50- but she had amazing tits. <laughs> That's that first beginning 50% that we were talking about. Um... I found Huxley overbearing at times, but not really in a good grumpy hero kind of way. And Lottie was so flighty, but I didn't find it as endearing as I think I was supposed to. I thought the big conflict with Huxley's misplaced accusation was pretty predictable, as was Lottie's over-the-top reaction. Eh, I'm, I'm on Lottie's side with that one. The whole fake pregnancy thing was uncomfortable for me, and I found the resolution with Dave a little hard to buy. All that being said, I did think the grand gesture was nice at the end. Like I said earlier, I liked the book just fine, even though my comments might indicate otherwise. Maybe this just wasn't the right book for me. Seeing as Megan Quinn writes so prolifically prolifically in one of my preferred subgenres, I'm sure I will try more of her books in the future. Yeah, she really does write prolifically. I will, the other thing I just thought of, it doesn't really have anything to do with the comment, but, um, you know, she tries to use terms of endearment with him and he says, no, you can call me Hux, which is just a variation on his name. And then he calls her babe and baby through like the entire book, which we always have a problem with when it's someone who's small and petite because it's kind of, or young, which she is younger than him. Infantilizing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm okay with a babe or a baby, especially if it. You know, it's used in a sweet way. It didn't but bother me as much in this one. I don't know. He kind of used it a lot. You just don't like it. I don't like it. I know. Um, Victoria says in Carrie Bradshaw's voice, did we choose, quote, did we choose all the fake dating books or did all the fake dating books choose us? <laughs> uh, seriously, someone check on these authors. Yes. <laughs> no freaking kidding. Um, then she says in brackets, sorry, this is going to be long. I'm, I'm with you, Victoria. I rarely give a negative review, and I thought I was going to be the only one, but this book didn't do it for me. I'm quite open-minded as long as the writing is decent. In this case, it was not. It read like a Wattpad story and not a good one. <laughs> uh, the reasons for fake dating are always questionable, but lying for a business deal and pretending to be pregnant was worse than usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I didn't care for either of them for the majority of the book. Maybe it's because I don't like the billionaire trope. Maybe it's because I found her childish and self-centered. But there was a lot of telling and not a lot of showing. Yes. Good observation. We didn't learn much about the characters' stories or past, especially Huxley. I don't even know what Lottie looked like other than having a detailed image of her nipples. (laughs) And the motivations behind both their behaviors were shallow at best. Huxley was saved by his POV, but the tortured man who acts like an asshole to hide his feelings got tiresome. Yeah. Uh, And I just wanted her to shut up about his penis. (laughs) I get it. See, I had the problem with him talking about her tits all the time. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that. (laughs) I get it. Good for both of you. Now stop, please. For once, I'd like a normal-sized, average-height hero without the stamina of a horse, but who tries his best. (laughs) Aw, you tried your best. (laughs) 
Victoria. Comment of the day. <laughs> Plucky little guy. <laughs> he tried his best. Uh, Victoria continues. And then there was the sex. Unpopular opinion, but sometimes there's such a thing as too many sex scenes in a book. Yes. Yes. And here they Especially felt... when you're reading with your mom. Yeah. Or your daughter. Yeah. And here they felt out of place and out of character. In this case, a lot of pulsing. Maybe too much pulsing. Please stop pulsing. Why that word? <laughs> At some point, he described her as a juicy piece of meat. And mom even highlighted that. <laughs> I did, because I was like, ooh, that is not good. <laughs> she says, and I got close to throwing my e-reader against the wall. Uh, there were a couple of funny scenes. The one with Judith, the doll, was hilarious. On the swoon side, if I lied in the rain for an hour, even in California weather, I'd have to be airlifted to the closest hospital. Maybe that's why I didn't find it swoony. But the best thing I'll take from this book was that steak and potato salad the chef made. That sounds good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, well, if, if nothing else came out of this book, the fact that I would love to have a chef. <laughs> I was all over that idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what my job was for before I started school. Yeah. So quit going to school and come and be my chef. <laughs> um, Victoria, I love everything that you just said. And I don't disagree really with any of it. Um, but that, that cracked me up. Um, Heather says, overall, I really enjoyed this book. Swinging the pendulum once again. <laughs> pendulum swing. Um, Megan Quinn has a really amazing sense of humor. Her books make me laugh, and this one was no different. What, my one complaint was the fake pregnancy storyline. I was really worried about how that storyline would resolve. I was hoping she wouldn't go to the whole miscarriage route, as that's a trigger for a lot of women, me included. I felt like she resolved it in the best way she could have to eventually redeem the characters. Yeah. I loved the side characters and overall really enjoyed the love story between the two main characters. It was laugh out loud funny. Um, yeah, I just, there's just so many ways she could have just not had the pregnancy at all. And Well, I think she really wanted to work those scenes into a story. Yeah, but I think they just could have had it. They could have been like the same scenes and not been revolving around pregnancy. I, I think a couple's are too. You can get some weird stuff like. Yeah. Doing weird sexual stuff. Yeah. But that they seemed into that, so. Yeah. <laughs> they like doing it outside. Yeah. They like <laughs> yeah. in the rain. Um, different Heather <laughs> says, I'm listening to this right now more than halfway through. Not finished yet, but will be by the weekend. Before I forget, I just wanted to say that I keep hearing mom slash Julie say something very logical about what did they think they were going to do about the whole pretending to be pregnant yeah. around a business associate. In the long run, but that is just my guess. I didn't say that, but well, I we kind it, of did yeah. because it's like, how was that going to fix itself? Yeah. Like I was, and through the whole book, the problem with the whole thing is through the whole book, you're like, how are they going to get out of this? Because the only way I can see them getting out of this is doing a miscarriage, and that is off-putting. Yeah. And so, yeah, therein lies the problem with the fake present pre pregnancy present because they could <laughs> because they could have they could have easily gotten out of the the engagement without too many questions or right. whatever but there was no getting out of that pregnancy, pregnancy in a way that was you know nice i guess um ruthie who just won the chance to be on the episode so i've been talking a bit to um ruthie who will be featured in an episode in our next reading cycle um 
she said, I shouldn't write because I couldn't get past the first few chapters, so this opinion isn't justified. Of course it is. But I'm typing anyway. First of all, I love the title of this book. I just couldn't make it to the not so meet cute. I'm going to listen to the podcast and see if I'll go ahead and read it, which lately I've been keeping up the ep- with the episodes and even gasp listening to you talk about books I haven't read, even read, and I love you guys so much. We love oh. you, Ruthie. Um, and she says, here is what I couldn't quite get past. The friend slash boss who fired her in chapter one was just too cartoon villainy for me. And then our hero, although described as obviously powerful and sexy and a setup for more books with his brothers, just dropped too many weird explainers about how rich and powerful he was. And although he called himself a moron, so we quote unquote know that he, we know that he knows it's ridiculous end quote, I couldn't spend my disbelief that the only thing he could think of to build a business relationship is a fiancé who is expecting. Also, hasn't Lottie heard of unemployment for being fired without cause and a student loan deferment? I usually love not liking characters and getting my mind changed while reading, maybe because they are misunderstood or the author leaves out some details or they change and grow. So does any of that happen? I'll see what you guys say. Um... I would say if that was bugging you, don't read it. <laughs> um, that's my honest opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know because it's like I said. I think I think it does improve like in the second half, but I don't know. Just yeah. If yeah. you were if you weren't feeling it, don't force don't, yourself yeah. to read it. Like I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, definitely liked the second half way better than the first half. Way better. Like, it told, it, like, kind of ended up redeeming it big time for me. Right. Um, but. Because it was going to be a myth for me. And then, you yeah. know, it became a really like, not a really, really, really like, just a really like. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm still just kind of at a like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. Last comment was, is from one of the Sarahs. <laughs> this, and she says. This was not for me. I didn't like either of the characters. They felt like romance trope robots and not real characters. They both come across as rude and immature. The fake the fake pregnancy setup was both unbelievable and highly insensitive. The dialogue felt forced and unnatural. It was trying to so hard to be funny, but it never landed with me. The sex scenes felt gratuitous and did not move the emotional arc forward. Sorry to be harsh, but the story did not do it for me. I normally like fake dating, but I could not sus- dis- suspend disbelief for this book. So, like I said, all <laughs> over swinging pendulum in in the in the comments. Yeah, um, yeah. So very polarizing. Um, we're both just kind of warm. There are things we liked and things we didn't like. Which one outweighs the other? I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah. There's there's things I I really like about how she like resolves the end, but like I said, I just I have yet to like fully connect with kind of like like minded Lori, um, fully connect with uh, a Megan Quinn, um, and that's nothing against her. It's just like we all have like our authors who, you know, work for us better than others. So that's where I land, I guess. Um, any final thoughts from you? 
No, I think I've made my thoughts very clear. Yes, you have. Okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on A Not So Me Cute by Megan Quinn. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Um... On February 21st, we will be discussing Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. And then don't forget that the next week we have our free-for-all. So start thinking about what books you would like to read for that and send in your book reports for that. Also coming up this week, we have our spring reading list coming out. So be on the lookout for that. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. Okay, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.